Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Use code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Good evening, everyone. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan. And we are here as your post-game crew tonight. Cody Del Mendo was in the bleachers tonight. The vibes were immaculate. And he brought home a massive. He did. He did his job, Corey. 15-7. I know. In bullpen, it, it was a little more lopsided uh, before the end of the game there, but we we'll probably won't touch on that too much. We will be joined by our guy, Ryan Herrera, live from beautiful historic Wrigley Field at some point. Uh, and, but, Brendan, I mean, uh, the Cubs win a series, uh, so that's always nice. And they do so in big fashion tonight. They do. have plenty to talk about from the performances that we saw tonight, whether it was Patrick Wisdom, a two-homer night, and a grand slam onto Waveland Avenue. Um, Christopher Morell, a huge night in the nine-hole, continuing his good work after being dropped in the order. Kyle Hendricks, another quality start. That's two quality starts in a row for Kyle Hendricks. I don't imagine you want to talk about Kyle Hendricks, though. You don't. No, no, no. I'm just kind of sick of talking about Kyle Hendricks, Corey. <laughs> Yes, and as uh, if you are uh, watching us live on Twitter, come on over to the YouTube so that we can read your comments. If you are listening on the podcast feed in the morning, good morning, happy Friday. Um, and yes, as Katie says, two consecutive series wins. Nick in the YouTube comments, Brendan is indeed flying the W. I am. If you are listening. Audio I got two only, flags here. You see the yes, other one, Corey? Are, what is he, what does the other one say? What does that say? The same as my hat, Brendan. It's and because the Cubs won the 2016 World Series. World Series. Okay, yes. People do forget that. Go. Correct, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, normally for when the series ends, we we do talk about all of the, the games in the series or anything going on. But I think a lot of what we're going to talk about is going to be centered around tonight. Um, if you want to hear Luke, Cody, and I went really in-depth on Justin Steele last night, and I know they talked about Keegan Thompson. So Brendan and I have been really digging into those two, but I don't know how much uh, was really new, I guess, you know, that we saw from them, and we really kind of broke it down. Um, so maybe we'll, you know, touch on them uh, the next yeah. time they pitch. Um, but, you know, real quick, as, as we always do, just setting the table for this series victory. Uh, it was a 5-3 loss in the first game on Tuesday. Keegan was really good. Um, did go back out there to try to get through seven, gave up a couple more runs that kind of skewed the line, but a really good start for him in that one. Uh, then yesterday on Wednesday, it was an eight to three win behind Justin Steele's five strong innings, just one run allowed six strikeouts. Wilson Contreras, uh, with his 13th home run of the year in that game and Christopher Morel with his first home run of the series uh, in that game. That was his sixth. Again, that one was eight to three. And then tonight, Brendan, the game we're, you know, really going to break down uh, on this episode of the CHGO Cubs podcast, 15 to seven behind Kyle Hendricks, fourth win of the season. He goes six, six hits, two earned runs, just one walk and seven 
strikeouts. Uh, so a really, really solid game for Kyle Hendricks. So we're definitely going to break that down. Uh, and boy, you know, normally when we do these, I, I always say, you know, and the Cubs got their runs in this one. It's, uh, you know, we'd be here for like an hour, I think, uh, if we, if we I'm did okay that. with that, we don't do it that often. Yeah, it, it is rare that there are you know. so many runs. Uh, the first run came across on a fielding error by Brandon Drury hit by Patrick Wisdom. In the second, uh, Rafael Ortega with a sack fly, and then Patrick Wisdom hit his 15th home run of the year. It was a grand slam. And I can assure you, I was not listening to the radio, Brendan, but I guarantee you <laughs> that Pat Hughes demanded, yes, insisted upon of a course. tape measure. As that Get out ball the tape measure was long gone of onto Waveland. That made it six to nothing. Christopher Morell had an RBI single that made it seven to nothing. Joey Votto contributed a couple of runs for the Reds. Then in the sixth, Patrick Wisdom's second of the game, his 16th of the year. This one more of the line drive out in a hurry variety. Jan Gomes with a double that made it nine to two. The uh, In the seventh, it is Narciso Crook, who we will talk about. He's called up today as Jason Hayward hits the IL with uh, an RBI double to uh, start you know, his, his first major league hit. That's very exciting. Bottom of the eighth, it was P.J. Higgins with his third homer of the year, Christopher Morell with his seventh home run of the year, and then Nelson Velasquez doubling to bring in number 15. A mouthful, Brendan. That's a lot of runs. It feels good, Corey. I mean, the power was out. Wisdom, Morell, five hits. Crook looked good as well. So again, you kind of like when I when I came on this show, you're like, oh, you have two flags behind you. I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling good. I want to savor the victories as, you're as Cody the always, W. Yeah, as Cody always says, it's nice to win one, right? Nice so one. I got yeah. my two flags up today. And uh, yes, friend of the podcast, Jeff Everson, in our comments here. Got to smash that like button, folks. We appreciate it. If you are on YouTube, if you hit that like button, it helps the CHGO YouTube channel reach more Chicago sports fans. So if you can take a second to do that, we would appreciate it. A lot of comments. We appreciate all of you being here. Uh, Brendan, I, I do. Let, let's start with uh, yeah. some of the stuff that didn't happen in, in tonight's game. Um, okay. And, and it's it because it's exciting. Uh, yeah. Seiya Suzuki heads to Iowa. He begins his rehab stint, and he goes two for three with a home run, Brendan. He does. It was good to see Seiya playing baseball again. All the reports after the game are that the, you know, the, the finger's feeling good. He's, he's feeling good after going on that rehab. Uh, he had an RBI single in this game, and both of his two hits, Brendan, are to the opposite field. The single was sort of a, a sinking liner falling in front of the right fielder, and then he hit a long opposite field home run. Uh, yeah. So that's just good news. It's I, I miss watching say a play, and yeah. you always want these guys to be healthy, but watching him hit a homer is really great. I mean, I think he's ready. Like, I think he was probably ready just after that home run. Just bring him up, give him, get him to Wrigley Field as fast as possible. But before he was injured, we saw some of the adjustments he was going through. And he has a strikeout rate of 30%. That, that's pretty high. But his contact rate is league average, whereas the league average strikeout rate is around 22 23%, uh, give or take what you're looking at. So he was looking at a lot of pitches and going through that type of feeling out phase with major league pitchers so you want to see say continue to get those at bats that way you can go through that process a little bit faster and for him it's just about playing time so it's good to see him getting healthy i want to see him get back here as fast as possible and start taking those at bats yeah and so as i as i noted uh jason hayward does hit the injured list with that knee david ross saying that you know that was you know not really progressing well, uh, based on our YouTube comments, doesn't seem like you guys are going to miss him. So we'll leave it at that. Mm. Uh, Narciso Crook does come up, uh, obviously gets in the game tonight, hit two ball, hit a couple balls really hard. Yeah, man. Um, one of them does get in for the double to bring in a run. So that's nice to see. Um, he, you know, this is one of those guys we talk about Saya, and when he comes back, this picture is going to get really crowded and kind of interesting to see what the Cubs do there. Uh, but Crook is one of those guys who he had nine home runs. Uh, so, you know, this year at triple a, um, an OPS over eight fifty on the year, like had earned the shot. Right. And, and sure. you know, I know you were talking to me before the game, you know, he had kind of an interesting career trajectory he was originally drafted by these reds. Um, but 
you know, you see him in the lineup tonight. You see Nelson Velasquez get in there late in the game. This is what we've been asking for, right? We want to see these guys. You never know what they're going to turn into, but a nice moment where a guy, you know, gets into a major league game, you know, hits those career milestones. These are fun. These are nice things to see. Yeah, I want to see more of it. I mean, to have a night where you have Morel going five for five, Nico had three base hits, Nelson Velasquez, Crook. So getting these and wisdom, like seeing all these guys who could, in theory, be here for multiple years, get those chances or those opportunities, it makes it fun. And it's not to, we've, we've talked about Hayward and other guys exhaustively at this point. But right now, given where we are, you want to see these opportunities. You want to see if the Cubs can find another Morel that kind of is breaking your projections. And we'll see what happens with, you know, Nelson Velasquez getting more opportunities and now Crook getting more opportunities. And maybe Frazier at some point here in the future gets another opportunity. His name right. is Jackson Frazier, by the way. Now yes, I don't know if you saw Jackson. that. Yeah. Uh, so Jackson Frazier. So, you know, once Hayward is apparently healthy it will be an interesting discussion again but hopefully it shouldn't be but it, it, it shouldn't be, be yeah. but as we move along the season here and the trade deadlines approaching maybe the circumstances do change we need to see these guys hit more Corey. yeah um and you know again like crook is one of those guys so he's 26 he uh, you know again had an 885 ops hit 268 with a 375 on base nine homers, 27 RBIs. He also stole 11 bases uh, across 157 at-bats. You know, again, this is his first shot at the MLB level. So what you're expecting from him is, you know, who knows, right? Like he was hitting at AAA. um, You know, like a lot of guys had his development sort of stunted because of the the COVID season and the lack of the real minor league season and stuff. So what you're expecting is, you know, you give a guy a shot and and see if he can hit like he did in the minor leagues. And that's, that's what these opportunities were for. And and as I mentioned, you know, he did hit a couple balls, I believe over a hundred miles an hour tonight. So that's what you're looking for from him. You can see the power, just like seeing him swing the bats. It's obvious he has that natural talent. And his numbers over the last 110 plate appearances in Iowa before he was called up here, really impressive. He batted 339. He had nine home runs. And you see just the raw talent he has. Absent of the numbers, I want to see more of that. And to your point, the COVID season and the stunted development and the injuries, that makes predicting him very difficult, but at the same time, it also makes predicting him to be an irrelevant player also difficult. That's why we need to see him get more chances, right? That's why it's so important. Well, this is what you want to see in a year like this. This is also good. I think this has a ripple effect, hopefully, for and why, you know, when Nelson Velasquez has come up and not started, we get kind of squirrely about it because I think there's a ripple effect to other guys in the minor league organization that they see a guy like Crook have success. He's putting up good numbers and he gets an opportunity. Yeah, for sure. No, do they have him in their long-term plans? You know, probably not. Who knows? Right. But this is, this is what this year should be if they're not going to be competing at the highest level. But I, I do want to, let's get to Christopher Morrell because this was a, this was a whale of a night um, from our guy, Christopher Morrell. You and I talked about, you know, patience and just letting him work through those those struggles and not overreacting to it. Cody, I know the night before they did it, was on that same page. And like, you know, look, if you want to do anything, move him down. Take the pressure off. That's but, what they did. Know, just let him work through it. They did. And he is seven for nine since moving down there. It's a lot uh, of base in hits. The, in the two games on Wednesday and Thursday. And the only strikeout in those two games was on a swing directly after he had fouled a ball into his own crotch. Yeah. So I don't count that. That doesn't count. No, it does not count. In two games in the nine hole, after that that K rate was skyrocketing, he has not struck out. That one doesn't count. Five for five on Thursday night, Brendan, with a home run, his seventh of the year. And I've got a couple of just like extraordinary statistics. uh, I love those. For you on, on Christopher Morell's night on Thursday. Okay. From Jordan Bastion uh, at MLB.com. He is the first Cubs player with a five-hit game since Chris Bryant in August of 2016. Mm. Good year for the Cubs. That was a good year for the Cubs. it was. Uh, And Chris Bryant. It was, yeah. He is also the youngest Cub with a five-hit game since Ken Hubbs in 1962. So that's something. 
And then coming from NBC's Christopher Kamka, Christopher Morell's five-hit game is the first by a Cubs player out of the nine spot since pitcher Vic Aldridge in 1922. You know, this was a special night for it was a special uh, a night. Kid. But I feel as if John Lester had more chances to to bat in nice spot. Like I don't know. I feel as if he could have done that. Here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Morel looked tell me. Yeah, Morel Morel looked awesome. I, one of the issues we talked about with him struggling in the past few episodes was that the chase rate was a little bit elevated, the contact rate was a little bit uh depressed, but not to degrees that signaled extreme worry. And with him being so young and his previous ability to have adapted to get to this point, to have been the leadoff hitter for what was it like six, seven weeks lot, is, be- yeah. is beyond impressive to earn Ross's trust to do that. So because he was able to adapt so well in the past year, two years, and just the quality of that bats and the takes I've seen from him, even during some of those struggles, like to me suggested, you know, be patient and currently just right away moving down in the ninth spot. You're seeing the results already pop up. He 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 is so it seems to be like he's so mature, Corey. Like mm-hmm. as a 20, 22 now, gonna be 23. Like, like I feel like I need to be his birthday was a couple weeks ago. There you go. I knew I I, I thought that was the case, yeah. but like like I, I'm inspired. Like I need to be as mature as Christopher Morrell, the way he goes about his business. So it's 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 awesome, Corey. Yeah. And, you know, we talked a little bit about this last night, Luke, Cody, and I, when he made that, you know, spectacular throw to home plate for the double play teaming with Wilson Contreras there. Uh, You also saw tonight, um, I think, I think it was, again, Jordan Bastian who mentioned this, but uh, on one of the plays you saw, he, he has, I think he's in the 92nd percentile for sprint speed. Uh, it's, It's not shocking if you watch the games that he's very fast, right? You can tell that. But it's it's one of those things where you're kind of reminded that like this guy has a lot of tools. Like he is not just one particular thing. And even as he was struggling, he's still bringing it on defense uh, and can also play multiple positions. Right, center yeah. field isn't even his best position. Right. So he is a really talented guy, and that's why we were hoping they would you know, find a way to just let him make these adjustments. And that's a credit, you know, we, we, we questioned David Ross, you know, a lot of us maybe ripped David Ross at times, but this was a a really smart move and a, and a well-reasoned process by David Ross to say, you know what, let's take the pressure off. Rafael Ortega has done a really good job for us in the leadoff spot, especially against right-handed hit uh, pitching. Let's move him down. We'll take the pressure off because he brings so much to the game like we got to let him figure this out and figure this out against major league pitching. And Brendan, yeah. like he's at 185 plate appearances. This it's is a, a pretty sample, significant Corey. sample. And it his is. line, Christopher Morrell, after the five for five game tonight, 283 average, 342 on base with a 494 slugging. That's good for a 130 WRC plus. Crazy. The Cubs have a 23-year-old who can play center, third, short, Second, I'm sure he could catch. I'm sure he could pitch with how yeah, hard he throws the ball. Absolutely. He's got a rocket of an arm. He's one of the fastest guys in the league. The nicest guys in the league, too. He's fist bumping umpires. I he's know. got a great smile, 80 I, grade smile. Great, great smile. Yeah. And he's got he's hitting better than 30%. He's hitting 30% better than a league average yeah. hitter. Big deal. Big deal. Got to see more of it. Once Saya does come back and he's in right field, depends what they do with Ortega because he's been doing well as uh, an addition. Like I'm curious to see what he looks like in the infield for also an extended period of time. He is a natural third baseman, but he can play second base. Nico is the starting shortstop for the Chicago Cubs. That's not going to change anytime soon. So him being at second base, presumably with Bodie maybe having some time off from that shoulder, yeah. That's also going to be interesting to watch. We can learn more about his uh, defensive utility as the season progresses here, and as the outfielders start getting more chances, including, you know, Ortega and Crook and Velasquez and maybe Frazier and all those guys. Yeah, that's. Uh, I I did. I'm glad you brought that up. I did want to mention that um, David Bodie did leave the game. He tried to stay in there after he collided uh, with Nico. Um, 
And, you know, he did look to be favoring that. It's that same shoulder that he had injured yeah. before. Very so unlucky. Just, just a bummer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, glad, you know, I mean, obviously Bodie had to leave the game, but glad neither of them were seriously injured, mm-hmm. at least that it seemed, you know, cause those collisions are scary, but just, I mean, I almost uh, had a heart attack. Honestly, I'm I thought sure I was going to die. Yes. Yeah. I screamed uh, at my TV. I, I hope that David Bodie is okay, but I do also yeah. want to add, I really need people to stop running into Nico Horner players, umpires. I'm done please with it. Stop. I'm please done stop with doing it. that. Yeah. Anyway, um, Bodie just seems snake bitten, man. I mean, sometimes this is just, you know, you work all that way to get back. He dealt with the dizziness stuff. It's just a real bummer, um, you know, that he's barely been back for a, a week and he's now going to deal with this same shoulder. That's, that's a real bummer. And hopefully it's not something that, that keeps him out. Um, to your point though, I do wonder, you're going to have a crowded outfield. I do wonder if, I think Madrigal is <clears throat> hitting or working his way back. Um, I do wonder if you see Morell move to second for some of this time once yeah. Saya comes back, just so that you don't have to make some harder decisions in the outfield if you don't want to. I don't know. Cause if you think about it, you do have the potential, although we've we haven't seen it recently to put half in center field, and that might allow you to play. Velasquez and left or Frazier and left or crook and left. If they want to get an extended period, uh, period of time to look at these guys. Right. So I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be a tricky situation with, with magical once he is healthy enough. I, I, I feel as if talking with you and seeing comments over the past few weeks, uh, people don't really want to see magical, uh, you know, take that for oh, what you that, want. Is, are you getting that, that impression? <laughs> yeah. I'm being very kind here, but let me read these ads here um, from our great sponsors. First one is PointsBet. The best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you will receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets and a free uh, CHGO membership, as well as that free t-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email PointsBet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. Seeing edge in the game you're watching is your favorite team prime for a comeback don't just watch the game, bet along with it live. More live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash outs. Follow along with your bets the moment they hit and stay in the live action all game long. Download the points bet app right now and use promo code CHGO. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game once the game starts. Don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants to help, call 1-800-GAMBLER and crisis counseling and referral services. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to kickstart my day with complete nutrition, and I'm not a big breakfast guy. That's where Athletic Green comes in for me. Now, I've been on it for about a month, and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has kind of like a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to in the morning. So what's actually in this stuff is just one scoop of AG1 and you're absorbing 75, 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, focus, and aging, all of these things. I get a noticeable boost of energy so I can take it First thing in the morning on an empty stomach. And, you know, I took it this morning. I have energy talking to you. Sometimes, Corey, it's hard to talk with you. And AG1 allows me to talk with you without getting upset. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, gluten free, or dairy free. You're all good with AG1. You're investing in all in one nutritional insurance for less than three bucks a day. It's recommended by professional athletes and has more than 7,000 five star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and, and arm your, your immune system with a convenient, Daily nutrition is just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and 
five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash CHGO Cubs. Again, that's athleticgreens.com backslash CHGO Cubs to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Brendan. So uh, I do want to mention, uh, as we come out of that ad break there, uh, two for five night with two runs scored and a walk for Wilson Contreras. His OPS now 9-17 on the season. And yeah. uh, aside from the obvious, uh, I do just want to mention that he made it into, <clears throat> excuse me, the final round of the all-star voting. So I think it's him and Go Travis votes. Arnaud against uh, on the Braves. So he's in that final round, which resumes on July 5th. So starting July 5th, we will all need to put in work to ensure that Wilson Contreras is the starting catcher for the National League. We saw it, uh, you know, the first time he was an all-star. He deserves it. Uh, it means the world to him. Yeah. Uh, and we need it to happen. His brother is also in contention uh, to get in there. And that's just a dream of his. So put it on your calendar, set an alarm, whatever you got to do. Um, you got to vote for Wilson Contreras. Got to so. vote for Wilson Contreras. And Corey, just his numbers this year. I got to highlight this because it's by far his best career by a large margin. Batting 283, his Woba is 400. Dude, this is a catcher. His yeah. Woba is 400. Hundred. His contact rate has spiked almost six percentage points, 73%, the highest of his career. His striker is 20%. Th this is exceeding my expectations. He is not catching as many innings because you have Jan Gomes, and that's what we wanted for years to have a quality backup catcher to protect those legs. So, you know, the discussion, we're seeing it in the comments here, extend Wilson Contreras. It's getting almost obvious, like, at, at this point. Now, in years past, we've discussed, you know, catchers are aging, but with the DH and his ability to now be slotted right. in that DH role, it changes the discussion. Which is and, something, you know, we saw it again on Thursday night, something the yeah. Cubs understand and they do. We talked Thank about, God. yeah, the effect of Jan Gomes and, and stuff like that. Look, we've debated this a lot. There's a lot to debate. Um, you know, even some of the comments are, un, you know, a lot of you are extend Wilson. We have to keep him. Um, I see one, you know, about talking about a catcher over 30. There's a lot to consider, right? And those are all fair you I, know, consideration yes, points. It, it's yeah. all fair. I, I do. I do still land in that same place that I just don't see what the plan is at that position if you plan on competing anywhere in the near future. And I know the response to that from some is maybe they don't, but this team has a lot of talent that we're seeing uh, despite their record. Um, and I don't, I, I see no reason that this needs to be a multi-year process. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe getting back to being a top of the league juggernaut type thing. Sure. But competitive in this division, this should not be a three to four year process. That's crazy. Yeah. And, you know, we always talk about their, their you know, the, the franchise value and, and the market that they're in. It should never be that way. But I'm just looking even at the roster. So I just don't see how you proceed without him. You, you don't have a catcher immediately available in your system. They're very difficult to come by that hit like this. And I'm looking at the system they have right now. This Jan Gomes-Wilson situation is fantastic. I love it. Just and keep he, it going. Just keep it rolling. Yeah, and Jan and, is dying you know, for a few more years too, Corey. So this, right. in theory, can't you can keep just do going. It. I, you also really start to see it. You saw it on the throw with Morell last night. The way he reacts to that, his quotes after the game. He got his six hundredth hit. He wants to get his thousandth with the Cubs. He talks about this all the time that he wants to be a Chicago Cub with such passion. I don't know, guys, like at some point you hear that from so many people, if you don't keep any of them, I, I, it just rubs me the wrong way. I get, you know, there, I'm sure Jed, there's a contract that's too much for a catcher that's over 30 or whatever. I get it. Right. I'm, I, I understand it all, but I, I've gotten to the point, Brendan, over time where I'm very firmly in the, I don't really care about that and how a contract or anything like that, they should spend the money and they should keep the guy because he, he just, he wears it all on his sleeve. He's having the best season of his career after you finally got him a quality backup. Yeah. Just 
just extend the man and let's move forward and try to win some games. To, to be fair with you, you know, going into the year, I was skeptical that the amount of money he wanted was worth the investment. Uh, as we saw in the comments, he's going to be over 30 years old. Catchers don't age well. Wilson's had a history of hamstring injuries. My thing was, however, if he does protect his legs through that DH spot, maybe we see his offense improve and be sustainable. Corey, it's exceeding it quite. Yeah, exactly. So at this point, like the discussion, I think is, all right, well now can his bat age? Well, uh, just given a regular age curve, if he's going to DH this much. And I think the answer is, you know, more likely than, than not at this point. So it does change the conversation for me. I don't see where you're going to get that value. Uh, 400 weight on base average, substantial improvements. He's maturing. Guys love him, becoming a clubhouse leader. You know, it's worth the investment. It's a, it's a slam dunk. Yeah, I think so. And and Steven in the YouTube comments makes a point that I've made often, that if you trade away all of the guys who are performing, uh, you know, at, at a above average clip at the MLB level, then yeah, you do go back to not having that talent on the major league team and you're sort of forcing this to take longer. So spend the money. It's it's not our money. If the contract doesn't age well, so what? You know what I mean? They should be spending to deal with that, you know, but you got to keep some of these guys at some point. And I, I've worked myself to the point that you got to keep the guy um, and, and hopefully find a deal that works for everybody. He wants to stay here, make it work. Uh, let's talk about Patrick wisdom, Brendan, huge night for Patrick three for six, six RBIs, uh, a grand slam, two home runs. He's now got 16 on the year overall, uh, hitting just 232 uh, with a 315 on base, but a 475 slug and a 118 WRC plus. So 18% better than a league average hitter plays good defense over at third. Um, you know, just a, a big night for him. He had, he had been having a rough series prior to tonight's game. So good to see him have a big game here. And he is another one who is pretty interesting as we um, get to the trade deadline. You know, he is someone who I think would have a lot of value to a competitive team. I wish he had been on the Cubs bench in 2017, 2018, 2019, pick any of those years. I think he would have been a really strong depth player for them. Um, not a free agent until 2027. And if somebody calls and offers you something, then I would listen. But I, he just seems like a guy where I, I think you've, you've found something here going back to last year. The sample is pretty large at this point that he seems like a guy who once he was given an opportunity at the major league level, he can stick. That's, that's yeah. what we're seeing. You got, he's getting everyday playing time. I think going into this year, there was a discussion about a certain infielder that was signed, maybe platooning. Don't you smile like that? I don't even, I'm don't, just thinking about Luke, you know, you're just no Luke right now is in timeout. Uh, yeah. He's committed several, several sins over the past week. Um, but there was discussion about maybe he should be platooning. And we have this, had those discussions too. And on paper, it kind of made sense. But getting the opportunity to play every day has allowed Wisdom to go through that adaptive process faster. We've seen him go through different bats, different knob sizes on that bat. He talked earlier in the year about changing some mechanical things to hit high fastballs. Maybe if something's, something's clicking, his contact rate has bumped up a few percentage points and he's sustaining that power in the process. So you might consider trading him, but you have to get back immediate major league value, Corey. And if it's in the form of prospects, okay, but you know, this is a guy who's in theory going to be not well beyond his age curve and controllable for the next few years, even if he's not an everyday starter on 
this competitive Cubs team, hopefully soon. He's nevertheless a great option that can get 300, 400 plate appearances, potentially mix and match and play quality defense. Although I will note his outs above average, we have seen it. It's a little bit low this year for you know some reasons that I quite don't understand, but he's passing the eye test. I don't know. It doesn't really line up for me. And then last year's outs above average was like way, way higher above league average. I forget which percentile it was, but uh, there's some discrepancy there. But Assuming he's a quality defender, which I think he is, having that bat, that potential, um, really interesting. Also, too, maybe he'll play some left field. We've seen him in the outfield a little bit, saw him in right field as well. So I do want to see him kind of get mixed around defensively for some other guys. He just seems like the type of guy that as you approach the deadline, you're not going to get the value back that he's providing to you. You assume not, right? right? Yeah. Like, I think you get an unexciting prospect. Maybe you put him in a deal with somebody else, but I just think like you have a guy that can hit a bunch of home runs and play solid defense and you have him under control for nothing, right? If you're concerned yeah. about the cost, it's nothing Yeah. for until 2027. Like I, I would, I would probably leave that alone and hope that he can be a part of whatever you're doing when you're next competitive. Cause as you just pointed out, Brendan, like he can play multiple positions, like how often you would want him in the outfield. I'm not sure. Right. But that has value. And we might see that, uh, we certainly saw it last year in 2021, but you, you may also see it this year when you are trying to figure out where to put all these young guys to keep them in the lineup and keep them on the team. Patrick is a guy that he can also play first base too. Like you can move him yeah. around, you know? Exactly. Yeah. You know, I'm seeing a comment here, like, are they going to trade Ortega? Ortega kind of fits that same. I think it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Same discussion. Uh, now, if I have to pick, who do, who do I want to keep longer term? Just because you do have the defensive competence by wisdom and the power potential, uh, I feel as if he is more likely to be on this competitive Cubs team, hopefully in the, in the near future here, especially with a crowded outfield that the Cubs appear to be experimenting with. Uh, if someone comes to the Cubs with a uh, trade for Ortega, same discussion. If it's for media value, then I'm, I'm open to it. But if it's for, you know, guys in, in a ball who maybe are a year two, three years away, I just, I just don't like that. I want immediate value right now, Corey. Yeah, we did the whole let's trade for teenagers thing. That was that was last time. Let's get closer to MLB ready this time. Yeah. The, the thing about, you know, guys like Wisdom and Ortega, like what a team would be willing to give up for them may not be exciting, but they are two guys you can really see a competitive team being interested in, right? Especially Ortega, like over the last year plus, like he hits righties. Yeah. Right. He's let off a lot. He's played a solid center field for the Cubs. Like that is something if you're a competitive team and you have trouble hitting right handed pitching, he's a solid get, you know, same with wisdom yes. from the other side of the plate. Like if you need some pop, if your lineup is contact heavy and you need somebody who can come in and slug like he's your guy, you know, he, and he's solid on defense. Like, so I do expect teams to call about them. I'm, I'm just wondering if, you know, at some point, like having these depth guys who can get, you know, in this case, they're going to get more than this because of the state of the Cubs, but maybe in a competitive team, you know, 300, 400 plate appearances, something like that, that has value. And if you trade those guys, when you are ready to be competitive, you have to find that depth again. And as we often talk about, the Cubs have not done a great job of that over the years <laughs> when they've had to go out and pay for that depth. They have not done well with that depth but, on quotation marks. It's glory. That's what yeah. they wanted it to be. Um, Don't even yeah. start. So yeah. that's, that's kind of how I feel about that. Um, before we head into the break, we'll talk about, hopefully Ryan is able to join us, but we'll talk about Kyle Hendricks when we come back from our second break. Uh, I do just want to point out, I'm sure you want to point this out as well. Um, three for six, two runs for Nico Horner. Uh, in the game on Thursday night, he is now hitting 310 on the season with a 772 OPS. We've certainly talked about his defense. You know, I know you were, were pointing out the other day that he is the best defensive shortstop in the league. Correct. Um, and just, by a wide margin, you know, this is now just multiple positions that he yes. rates as an elite uh defender. And you know, he's do he is right now exactly the player that you would have dreamed him to be 
right? Like hitting 313, like this is the type Mm. of bat that they were dreaming on, a contact-heavy average guy, but that OPS is near 800 because he's added a little bit of slug, a little bit of oomph to his game. Correct. Just an incredible defender. This is really pleasant. I mean, look at Brendan's face right now. You're (laughs) glowing, Brendan. You are glowing. I'm like blushing over here. I feel so good, Corey, to have Nico – you know, develop here, have that power, the contact, the zone contact rate over his hot stretchers, like 99%. I mean, like if you, if you like baseball, if you like defense, if you like the sport, you like Nico Horner, Nico Horner is baseball, Corey. Yeah, I, I agree with that in his eight game hitting streak. Now he is 17 for 31 which is good for a 548 batting average. That seems pretty good. That'll play. That will play. That dog will hunt. Let me tell you, uh, (laughs) that that'll work. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really exciting to watch him develop. I, I always go back to something that Luke said in one of our preseason podcasts, and that was how many questions for the Cubs would you have to be able to answer in the affirmative for this season to be a success. So in the, you know, the preseason, you're thinking about all of these different guys that you have, uh, Steele, Thompson, um, Nico, we didn't know about Morel being this involved at the time, but Morel, Wisdom, Schwindel, et cetera, et cetera, right? How many of those guys would have to be like a yes in, in the, in the column? Uh, They, they panned out for this season to be a success. I don't know that we all landed on an exact number and I'm not sure what that number would be. That would depend on how they're going to handle the deadline and how aggressive they'll be in the off season. But when you look at what we've seen, so in this series against the reds that we're talking about tonight, you had two really nice starts from homegrown pitchers that are young and can be a part of your pitching staff for years to come. You have a shortstop playing the best defense in the league in the midst of an eight-game hitting streak, right? And a an above-league average hitter who's just doing it all, right? And Nico Horner. We talked about Christopher Morell earlier in the episode, a 23-year-old who's got a 130 WRC plus, rocketing 97-mile-an-hour throws from center field to gun guys down at the plate, to gun Tommy Pham down at the plate. Yes. Christopher Morell joining the exclusive company of John Lester in of guys who have thrown Tommy Pham out on the bases. And good, yeah, yeah. And Trivia. good nice spot hitters as well. Just yes. Yeah. Uh so that all adds to it's only we're turning the clock to July very soon. Are they for sure yeses in the affirmatives? Not yet. No, right? You want to see more. Yeah. But that's four guys like that's a pretty significant thing if those are successes continuing like this by the end of the year. Exactly. And before I do this break here to kind of tie in that previous discussion, we do need to see them play more. And to your point, are they for sure things? We hope they are, but you have to be a realist and there's possibility that they may not be, which makes potentially keeping wisdom and Ortega all the more important. You just keep building upon potential death pieces. And let's say in the unfortunate, at this point, I think rare scenario where some of those guys don't work out, then you have other options as soon as next year. That might outweigh the value you get back from a trade of wisdom or Ortega. Yeah. Okay. So another quick break here from Corey, our sponsor, PointsBet. If you enjoy CHGO, and one way to help us continue to grow is to download that PointsBet app right now and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you will receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get that free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, you can always email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we'll help you out and in case you did miss it online signup is available in illinois you can actually download the pointsbet app right now and register your account from start to finish off from your phone you'll be signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds so what are you waiting for once the game starts don't just bet live your bet life with points bet gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 
All right. So uh, just one quick note before we talk about Kyle Hendricks. Um, Ian Happ, three times on base on Thursday night. Uh, a really nice June. A slash line of 327, 417, 531. He had three homers, nine doubles, a triple, and 11 RBIs with 13 walks in 27 games this month. Again, you know, another one. He is he's getting talked about uh as someone, you know, what are the Cubs gonna do there? Uh he would be an attractive get as a switch hitter uh for a contending team, but with that extra year of control, very, very valuable. Um, but he is a guy who is putting it together at at this level. He had a lot of questions, I think, coming into the year with such a kind of wild two halves that he had in 2021, one that was really good and one that was awful. Um, and he has really shown us a lot in this season. So interesting to see what the Cubs do there. Uh, but in terms of sort of planting his flag in left field and and kind of, yeah. you know, stating at least to the Cubs at the moment, like I am one of these outfielders, that is a, a pretty clear yes at the moment. Yeah, I think so. And he's similar to the discussion with Wilson because both those guys have massively improved their contact rates. I don't know if there's been a conscious effort to do that for both of them or it's just a natural byproduct of seeing more pitches or being more comfortable. But regardless, those are the numbers. And as we've talked about with the Wilson maybe not wanting to have extended him in late 2021, the off season, 2020, even two years back here, the same discussions were had about Ian Hat because you did have some of that volatility. Um, you did have some questions about whether he can have sustained success. And given the sample size we've seen now with the plate discipline and the contact rate, and again, just the eye test, when you watch these guys at the dish, they look so comfortable. Ian Happ is peppering the ball the other way uh, for extra base hits in that left field Wrigley gap. They just look different. They look like they're seeing the ball way better. So trade deadline coming up. Will he get traded? Will he not get traded? It's all under the umbrella that this team has a path forward for competitiveness next season. It's right there, Corey. It re- they have so much play- payroll flexibility. They do have controllable talent that can be supplemented with big-time players in the form of big-time free agents, both at the pitching level and at the positional level. They can, they can do it. It's just a matter of are they willing to accept some of the risk to do that? And this trade deadline may inform you what that is. And if they ultimately go out and do, they do trade Wilson and Ian Happ, God help us all. Honestly, God help us all because that is a terrible sign. And that rebuild that they would not call it a rebuild is oh, it, no doubt, oh, no doubt sure. a yeah. torn down for a development franchise. You're, you're building a whole new thing. It's not yeah. even a rebuild. It's a new, it's a new organization, Corey. So that can't happen. Simple as that. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I, I just don't think that this team is as far off as some would suggest and as their record suggests, and I'm not here to blame the injuries and things like that. It, it certainly hasn't helped. Um, but there are, th- there is a lot of talent. There's a lot of good on this team. And as you said, Brendan, it will take significant additions. It will take maneuvering and, and taking some risks to extend guys and things like that. Um, but the, this, the, the, the sort of rebuild, right. That has been suggested and that would be certainly hinted at uh, or confirmed if you move some of these guys, I just, I I don't think it's necessary. You've already replenished the farm. The farm is going to be one of the best in the league when they finish this year and they do all these rankings again. And the Brennan Davis thing is a huge bummer, obviously for many, many reasons. Uh, but I, I just don't see the need uh, for that. So every season is sacred. When you have some of these guys doing this, when you, when you're seeing Christopher Morone, when you're seeing Ian Happ doing this, when you're seeing Wilson have the best season of his career, like you do have to make some decisions. You have to be cognizant of the money and, and all of this stuff, right? We can't all sit here and complain about Jason Hayward's contract and then just start doling out all these contracts. They should spend the money. They have the money, but yeah, they give Jed a budget. So we have to, we do have to be smart about it, whether we like it or not, but supplement this roster, right? Supplement this roster so that you can compete in 2023 in a bad division. And then those waves of young guys come up and then you're a juggernaut. 
that's how it should work. Not tearing it all down to its base again, right? Yeah. It's not necessary. But anyway, we, we could go off the rails. Corey for GM. I, I, I can see the campaign already. Hey, I tried, right? You know, I tried to do yeah, that before. Um, listen, midnight. Yankees had Masahiro Tanaka for a long time. I take a lot of credit for that. All right, that I was idea? scouting those NPB games. That was all me. Well, I was so uh, depressed when it happened for the Cubs. So you caused me a lot of pain. Sorry. Yeah. Hey, I was getting paid. Um, oh, yeah. But we do. I I want to talk about Kyle Hendricks, and we do have our guy Ryan Herrera live from beautiful historic Wrigley Field. If he can get his mic working, uh, we are checking on his mic. So hopefully we can get him in here, but I'll set the table with Kyle Hendricks. And then if Ryan's able to join, he can hop into that conversation with us. Another quality start, Brendan. So that's two in a row, six innings, six hits, two earned, one walk and seven strikeouts. And, you know, again, what we saw on Thursday was what we've been looking for for Kyle. And we talked with Ryan last Friday after that Cardinals series that, you know, this was, um, we, we can see it still in there, right? Vintage Kyle and his ability to be successful, limiting the walks, high strikeout total, able to go six plus and keep the runs low. And it's just about finding that consistency. And it appears that, you know, he's on a nice little run here. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Kyle looked great. I'm excited to get Ryan on here to, to get his perspective. He was at the ballpark, as you said, and look at that. Look at that segue. There I, he Ryan, he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Look at him. This oh, is a man. perfect way. How you doing, Ryan? Yeah. You good. You guys hear me? Yeah, yep. we hear you perfectly. Yeah. That perfect. yeah. Right. We were just setting the table on another quality start from Kyle Hendricks. Yeah. What'd you see, yeah. Ryan? Uh, yeah, another quality star. I mean, uh, he, you know, Ross kind of mentioned the sinker early on, you know, fastball command was, was mostly there. Um, Kyle said he still had, a, you know, a couple bad pitches, uh, you know, that home run. I forgot what yeah. Votto. Yeah, yep. Votto. Um, he has his number, Votto. Yeah, yeah. Well, Votto, Votto, I mean, go back to that, that four-game series of the deadline last year. Votto just has had the Cubs. I know. <laughs> number for a long time. But, uh, no, Hendricks, yeah, he mentioned just having the, you know, a couple bad pitches uh, here and there. But, obviously, another quality start. It's back-to-back quality starts. You know, he – started the, the month not pitching for like 13 days because of yeah. fatigue and stuff like that. And now he ends the month, the month with two, you know, solid performances in a row. Um, you know, he, he says he's not completely there. And I, I think we can all agree that he's not back to, you know, Kyle Hendricks level from two years ago from 2016, yeah. whatever you want to say. Um, will he ever get there? We don't know, but at, at least these are two that he knows he can build off of and, and, and kind of, it helps build his confidence uh, back a little bit. So when he goes forward, um, you know, it's, it, these are stepping stones, I would say, just to kind of getting as close to that level as he can. Maybe he can't get to Cy Young caliber level anymore, but he, there's, there's, a, there's a point where he can get yeah. numbers that suggest he, he's feeling as best. Yeah. I mean, not, I, I do want to tease this because, you know, you've been working very hard on this, on this story. You've been talking with Kyle a lot here recently and yeah. talk with Daniel Moscow and, uh, I, you know, we've been working on this story. Uh, it's exciting. I think it gives insight on Kyle's thinking process. Uh, I'm excited to to see you publish it soon, but it just illustrates that Kyle knows that he's not that vintage guy right now. And he knows the process that might need to occur for him to get maybe back to those 2016 numbers and i do think as we talk about kyle even in the context of the trade deadline here uh he's a very cerebral guy he's very good at what he does and you have to consider that when you determine in your mind do i want to trade kyle and if there's a possibility that he can get back to those days it's really important that we all consider that yeah and no, i mean you, well, you tease it and kyle you know, I guess just teasing it a little more, giving a little more insight into what we've been working on, Brendan, um, you know, mm-hmm. talking to Kyle. And he knows that he has to evolve as the game evolves. You know, yeah. the, game, the game is different. You know, 2014 is when he debuted. The game's already different. It's not even been a full decade. Um, the game is different. So he knows that he has to evolve and adapt, you know, the way things change, the way pitching changes, the way hitters attack pitchers that everything's changing he knows that he has to go with it um 
he mentioned the, the, the possibility of being traded and he addressed that post game and I just, you know, in the fact that he, he understands that it's a possibility that he's not like blind or, or naive to the fact that that could happen. Um, but he's been, he said, he's like, you know, committed to, you know, working with the young guys, watching the young guys succeed, um, you know, enjoying the time he has here, whether that time ends at the trade deadline this year or the trade deadline next year at the end of his contract, you know, just enjoying while enjoying being here, you know, being in the moment, living in the moment, that kind of stuff, which is, you know, I don't really expect anything different from Kyle uh, for him to say anything different, but I mean, that's, you know, as far as the trade deadline and, and, how that can affect him. Uh, I think you, you just see that it's not, like you mentioned him being, being cerebral. Like he knows who he is and he knows what makes him good. Like he's not, he's not just like good at what he does for the most part. Like he knows why he's good. And I think that plays into that. Um, but he's also knows that the situation and, and just being present in what he's doing. Um, I think you see that from Wilson too. You see that from a lot of these guys have uh, of just being not, you know, again, Everyone's going to say at the cliche, you know, controlling what you control. Uh, but Kyle, I think, is very good at that and doesn't really let that outside noise affect him. I would really like to get to a point where the franchise legends that we have and some of the biggest performers in Cubs history don't have to answer these questions anymore. Uh, yeah. This is like three years of this. Because it kind of started in 2020, right? When some of those guys were on their their at the end of those contracts, and it carried into next year, and we're doing it again. Like I could really live without that, right? Like just once, you know, maybe like several years from now, we're talking about Kyle Hendricks retiring as a Cub and his looking back on his career and all the big games that he's pitched in and stuff. And mm -hmm. Ryan can write that article and not uh, <laughs> talk about, uh, you know his demeanor when he's asked about being traded. I'm just, I'm a little tired of that. Um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they are too. Yeah. Well, they um, are. I think, I think we're even kind of tired of asking about it. Um, I think everyone just is like, I think it, it, you, I, I just selfishly would rather write about a winner and write about someone yeah. who's, who's buying at the trade deadline versus going up to, you know, Ian Happ or Wilson Contreras for the hundredth time and asking him how he stays so calm when he's the, the the subject of rampant trade speculation right. right like that's not fun for anyone really um but i agree i agree like you know the cubs you know jed hoyer talks about this next great cubs team and that, at that point will the, the questions will be completely flipped um but that's yeah that's kind of just the spot we're in right now yeah and even in that context again just to go back to you know you talking with Kyle. I was talking with Corey about this off air and just seeing like the transcripts that you have from Kyle and these other guys, like they 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 are talking in such great detail about their process. And it's also still quite remarkable how they can they can do that being that state of mind with with also you know their livelihood situation in flux. He could be in a different city in the next in the next month and also like credit to you ryan like to be able to get all that and no seriously you gotta give yourself you know a pat in the back to get that much information about a sensitive topic and this is not the trade at them but some of some of the struggles like i think for me if i were to ask those questions i would not ask like that and i'd probably be kicked out and fired from from the press box so the fact that you've gotten so much information that I'm reading the trash. I'm like smiling. I'm like texting Corey at three in the morning. He's like, oh, like I can't believe Brennan is doing this again. Um, I'm excited. So like, I we, just want to give credit for you. We don't call him our guy, Ryan Herrera for nothing. Yeah. You know, uh, Ryan, I'm, I'm curious. We're, we're getting toward the hour here. So we do want to preview uh, this, this Red Sox series coming up real quick. Mm -hmm. um, but did, did David Ross, you know, since, I know he talked about, you know, Christopher Morell being that same guy and bringing that same energy, even while he was going through that slump. Has he talked at all uh, over the last couple nights about the success that he's having in the nine spot? Uh, you know, I know Ross doesn't seem like the type of guy to pat himself on the back. It's only two games, but obviously that quick change has led to some pretty immediate uh, better results for Christopher Morell. Yeah, I don't want, it's just kind of funny because Ross, you know, was kind of asked like are you going to take any credit for morell's turnaround moving him down he's like it's like when i he's like 
pretty much like when he starts doing that for us to call him out, like that's, that's what he wants. But no, I mean, yeah, he's not going to pat himself on the back, but I know he talked about yesterday, the move to the nine hole, you know, kind of just with the slump that Morrell had been on. And he was getting a hit basically, basically every day, every game. Um, so he still had a little bit in there, but just giving him, you know, putting him down, you know, maybe even taking an at bat away, maybe just, you know, giving him more opportunities to just, just be down the nine hole, like not leading off, not too much pressure, um, you know, finding that timing that had been working so well for the first like three, three and a half weeks. And that hadn't been, obviously the timing hadn't really been there in the last three weeks, something like that, whatever, whatever, whatever the timing of this, this kind of, I think it's like been like 23 or so games where that strikeout rate has been really high. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of the things is just, you know, give him a spot where the pressure, the pressure's a little off. I mean, obviously that nine hole, a lot of managers like to say it's kind of like a second leadoff spot nowadays, but it is, you know, being lower in the order, a little less pressure, uh, but also just an opportunity to get that timing back um, and, and, you know, see the pitcher, see how he's pitching everyone else. Uh, obviously helps to, you know, eight, eight hitters ahead of him, gives him a you know big chunk of like, hey, this is what the pitcher's doing right now. Um, yeah, just and then and then you see five for five today. Um, you know, three singles, a home run, and a double. Like that, it's the timing. And again, like you said, Corey, it's two games, but like the, the timing was there today. The timing was there for Chris Morrell. Um, he hit that home run yesterday too. Um, whether this is like, oh, maybe Chris Morrell needs to be in the nine home. Maybe whether that's his spot or whether this is just kind of him building back up that confidence, and then Ross goes back to throwing some lead off, which he did like him at for, the, for a long time there. Uh, I think this is just two really good games and, and, and Ross, Ross acknowledges it. Everyone else acknowledges it. Like Ross kind of said the other day too, or uh, it might have been instrument earlier today while I've been here for a while um, that, you know, this, the small, the small sample police, you kind of do this because uh, it's hard to trust small samples. So even with Morel's two games, you know, small sample, but um had, seeing him have more success the last couple of days is obviously a huge positive. Um, and it's just about, you know, the things that he's been doing right, just continuing to do those and and, and fixing and, and working on those other things that weren't weren't working so well um, as he moves forward and tries to bust out of this, um, you know, that little stretch he'd been in for a couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last, just a quick one, Ryan. Like we saw Saya go two for three tonight in Iowa. Have they talked at all, like how long they want him down there? I, he said he felt good. Is that kind of a get him a couple games? We want that to be quick, or or do they have kind of a specific timeline in mind? Yeah, I'm not. Haven't really talked. Haven't really given the timeline. Um, you know, obviously he's been out for a while, so not even just being in the swing, but game shape and kind of that, you know, conditioning, all that kind of stuff. Um, I imagine, you know, Ross, Ross says that they're going to look at or, or kind of listen to say, uh, and don't want to put a firm timetable on it because they want to get the kind of feedback from the coaches down there and, and, and the, you know, from say, uh, from the trainers. Um, I, I imagine it's probably going to be at least through the weekend, um, whether it extends for like another series, uh, into next week. We'll, we'll, you know, that remains to be seen, um, whether he, you know, meets them in Milwaukee or I don't remember what the weekend series is after that. Um, that could be an option at no, no firm timetable on it, but I, I, I think just he's missed over a month now. Um, definitely want to take it easy, but also, you know, make sure he's getting that bats and the confidence and, and all that, all that good stuff. Gotcha. All right. Well, that sounds good. Uh, so we will let you hop off and get home and Brendan's just going to hit us with the probables. Uh, will you be back at, at beautiful historic Wrigley field to cover two historic teams this weekend? Yeah. Yes. I will be back, uh, tomorrow and Saturday. So quick turnaround, you know, everyone talks about the players needing, you know, having that quick turnaround from night game to a day game, you know, Hey, beat writers too, man. We, the grind doesn't stop. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be here Friday, Saturday. The workers, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, So as always, thank you, Ryan. Uh, You can look for Ryan's work with some good stuff coming on Kyle Hendricks soon, of course, at allchgo.com. Talk to you soon, Ryan. See you, Ryan. All right, Corey. Let's preview this upcoming. The Red Sox. 
Sox. Against the Red Sox, as you said. So this will be a quick preview. Uh, first game, Friday, your traditional 1.20 p.m. start time. Rich Hill, former Cub, pitching for the Red Sox. This season, he is 4-4 four four with a 4.09 ERA. Uh, Adrian Sampson, back on the mound for the Cubs, getting another shot in the rotation. He has uh, no decision this year, but he does have, he does have a nice 1.69 ERA. On Saturday, we have Josh Winkowski pitching for the Red Sox. He's 3-1 one, uh, and one with a 3.6 ERA. Alec Mills also getting a shot in the rotation here. Numbers on the season for him do not look good as I read this off my screen. He's 0-1 with a 9.87 ERA. On Sunday, another afternoon start time, 1.20 p.m. Red Sox have not announced a starter that game. Uh, so be tuned in for that. Keegan Thompson is pitching for the Cubs that day. He's 7-3 with a 3.34 ERA. That'll be fun. And then Saturday, I didn't say it. That's a night game, 6.15 p.m. Central. And the Red Sox are fun. It's, it's always fun when you have like a traditional historical team come to Wrigley Field. This season, they're doing well. They're 43-33 and 33 in a playoff contentious spot. Uh, fortunately, the Cubs can't match that, but it still will be fun to see uh, that, that his, history on display, Corey. Yeah, it's it is a shame that uh, these two teams are not both good at this exact moment. Um, I the you know I went to Fenway when the Cubs were there in 2017. Chris Bryant hit that home run. That was very cool. Yeah. Um, so that you know it's it's always cool when teams like this play, especially because they don't very often. Boston's in an interesting spot because they've turned their their season around a bit, but they are unfortunately for them in a division with the Yankees, who are just sort of blowing past everybody. Um, so that's kind of the state of things for them. Saturday nights at Wrigley field. Love those vibes. Uh, I love when they sneak those weekend night games and not Sundays. Sundays don't count, but occasionally you get like a, say that again. What's the game on Saturday? Uh, I am not. I actually have a rather busy, uh, summer weekend, 4th of July weekend here in Chicago. Uh, yeah, I'm seeing my morning jacket on Saturday, um, Sunday podcast talking about his uh plans yes. uh well our, our guy at chgo kevin will will appreciate that mention he's a big mmj guy uh celebrating my friend joe's birthday on sunday so i am not going to be able to take in this historic series but if you have the opportunity uh saturday nights or friday nights at wrigley field are really cool very special because it's just not something that they do very often um as far as what we're looking for I'm just, I'm paying attention to Keegan Thompson. Want to see Christopher Morrell continue this hot stretch. Um, and I just am always dialed into what Keegan is doing, how he's doing it. And, you know, you've got some some big hitters in this Boston lineup. So this should be uh, a nice challenge for someone like Keegan and see what he can do with that slider there. Um, as always, tomorrow, Luke and Cody uh, we'll have you for pre and post game to start this Red Sox series. Brendan and I will be back with you uh, after the game on Sunday to record uh, just the podcast. So that'll drop late Sunday night, early Monday morning. And as we mentioned, make sure you are signed up uh, as a member to access all of our guy Ryan Herrera's content over at allchgo.com. Again, him and Brendan uh, teaming up on some really good stuff for Kyle Hendricks. When Brendan says that he was texting me at three in the morning, giddy about the quotes and conversation that Ryan was having with Kyle Hendricks and pitch design coach Daniel Moscos, he wasn't kidding. Uh, these are real text messages <laughs> that I received as I'm trying to go to sleep. Yeah, you just uh, left me out. So, yeah. As you usually do, it's a different conversation. Well, yeah, I got to leave you wanting more. But be sure to sign up at allchgo.com. Thank you to everyone who joined us on YouTube live. Uh, thank you also if you're listening on the podcast feed. Thank you for your support of everything going on at CHGO and the CHGO Cubs podcast. Thank you to our wonderful producer, Joey, for staying up late with us tonight. We will talk to you again on Sunday, Luke and Cody, on Friday ahead of the Boston series. Thanks again. We will talk to you soon. And as always, Go Cubs.